Hello and welcome to Scripted Design. This is the first of the exercise podcasts. There are three of these per week for eight weeks. The exercises build up incrementally and they refer back to one another. So please do make sure you listen and participate in the exercises in the right order. This episode will be a tiny bit longer than usual because I have to explain a few things for the first time. If you have a new notepad or sketchbook for this course, this is the time to get it out of its wrapper, open it to the first page and pop the cap off your pen. I do recommend that if you can write on paper, you do write on paper for these exercises. I realise this might not be possible for everybody. You might have a reason to use a computer or other means of writing notes down, or you might want to take voice notes whenever I talk about writing. Whatever works for you, whatever makes you comfortable, whatever helps ideas flow. So we're going to start each day with a free writing exercise. What does that mean? Well, it's pretty simple, but creatively liberating. I'm going to give you a cue and then start a timer for five minutes, and then you have to write as much as you can for that five minutes. At the end of the time, you'll hear a signal like this. And that's when you stop. A couple of important things to note here. First of all, this writing is only for you. Nobody else ever has to see it. You can keep it private. You can hide this notebook somewhere in the bottom of a drawer. You can do whatever you want with it. You're truly free here to write whatever you want. You're free to make mistakes. You can be as silly or as serious as you like. You can go down avenues you wouldn't usually let yourself go down. You can take the cue that I'm going to give you and use it, or you can take a completely different route. But whatever you do, try to keep your pen moving for a solid five minutes. As soon as that timer starts, you have to start writing or taking notes on your computer or speaking or whatever else you're doing to take these notes. And you have to keep writing for the entire time until you hear the sound at the end. No checking your phone, no looking at emails or whatever else might distract you. Just five minutes of pure writing. If English isn't your first language, please write in the language you feel is easiest to articulate your thoughts in. Again, this is for you. This is writing for your eyes only. Are you ready? The cue to write about today is rules. So, writing about rules for five minutes, starting now.
Hello, welcome back. How was that for you? How do you feel about writing in that way? If you're new to writing as a practice, it might feel a bit weird. Take a moment now to look back over what you wrote. Pause this if you need to, and just have a think about where you got to in those five minutes. We're going to be starting each podcast with this exact exercise, the same every day. That means there are going to be quite a few more times that you're going to be doing this. But that also means that if it's not going well now, you've got plenty of time to improve. Why, you might ask, why are we going to spend 15 minutes every week free writing to start our podcasts? Well, there are a few reasons. When we start any creative process, it's rare that we spend time completely dedicated to that process. All of the creative practitioners I know are also human. That means they also have phones that ping, they have things that need doing, they have complete lives that exist apart from and intrude upon their creative practice. I know that when I start working on something new, it's really rare for me to actually be able to dedicate my entire mind to that thing. Free writing is something that occupies our whole mind for a period of time. It gives you permission to have a good old think about something, to connect ideas you wouldn't otherwise connect, to capture a stream of consciousness on the page. Now this doesn't mean that you're creating the best thing in the world the whole time. I think that 90% of the time I do this exercise, and I promise you this is part of my daily practice, this is part of my creative routine, I end up with stuff that's mediocre at best. I end up with dead ends, I end up trying to write something funny that just falls flat and isn't, or I try to write something serious that makes sense when I'm writing it, but doesn't read back the same way at all. But that's a good thing. Part of the goal of this course is to encourage you not to be afraid of failure, not to be pursuing a perfect thing that will never exist, but rather to be actively creating and actively making things all the time, getting on with it. And I say this specific thing for a reason. I teach in a design school, I've taught in art and design and architecture schools for the past 10 years, and I've seen a lot of master's students' projects develop over that time. But I've also seen a lot of inaction. I've seen too many students who are great, who can make beautiful things, who have exquisite ideas and handicraft and an ability to make stuff. Those excellent students, they get to their final project where they have freedom and they just freeze. They do nothing. They spend months trying to find the perfect idea, the perfect thing that encapsulates the most pressing issues in society today to talk about. There are so many students who spend a long time thinking before they do, really chasing perfection, and honestly, for most of them, it really hurts their projects. I'm a big advocate of the idea of thinking through doing, thinking through making. It's amazing how much you already know, how many ideas you already have that you don't know about yet, but that reveal themselves when you make something through the process of that making. When we do something like a free write, we're making something, we're delving into parts of our subconscious we don't normally have access to, and we don't normally have access to them because we don't normally give ourselves permission. And that permission to connect things that might not seem connected is really important in creative processes. I hope you enjoyed this first free write. If you're not happy with what came out, if you found it hard, that is completely okay. That's healthy and normal. Don't worry about it. We've got so many more of them to go. It will just get easier. So back to people's own practice. The reason the students I'm talking about often find it hard to get on with something is because they hold in their minds the idea that they have to produce something perfect, something that is great. If you're sat in front of a blank page 
and someone tells you to make the perfect picture, I guarantee you won't be able to do it in that moment. The pressure is too much. Think of every great song you love. Think of any song which stirs emotion within you. Do you think the composer sat down and thought, okay, this is it. I've got to write the best song in the world. It's got to move people to tears. It has to sound good when it's played in massive stadiums. People will hold up their lighters whenever it's played. People will fall in love to it. People will lose their minds when they hear this. Now, which chord is the best one for exactly that? Of course not. That's not the way it works. It would be absolutely ridiculous to sit in front of a keyboard and try to live up to that pressure. But somehow these are the pressures we all feel when we work on something, when we look at perfect projects other people have done. And before we lay an idea out, we self-censor. We stop ourselves from writing stuff down, from drawing things, because it's not quite right. It's not big enough. It's not profound enough. And that's where the free writing really helps. The time pressure, not letting your pen stand still, it forces the creation of something. It's a starting point for something. It's not necessarily good or bad, but it's something at least. I was introduced to the idea of free writing from Tim Clare's excellent Couch to 80k bootcamp podcast. There's a link in the show notes and a link on the scripted design website. But every time I free write, and again, it is really part of my creative routine. It's something I do every day that I go to the studio. Every time I free write, something comes out that's interesting. And if it's interesting and it's relevant to what I do, I have something I can take and edit and refine and work on. And if it's not something that's interesting or relevant or good in any way, all I've lost is a few minutes. And in my own mind, I don't frame that as losing time, because failure and dead ends are part of the creative process. As a bonus, that action of free writing puts me into a great frame of mind to start my day. Okay, so that's free writing. If you didn't enjoy it, I hope you get to enjoy it. Let's do something else. This week's theme is going to be rules and instructions. You just wrote about rules in the free write, and I would like you to continue thinking about rules now. This is a speed round exercise. I'm going to name six places. For each of these places, I would like you to list as many rules as you can that exist within those places. So you can be as specific or as general as you like. For example, if I say the beach, you could write rules for any beach, like no littering. Or you could write rules for beaches that you've been to specifically, so perhaps no swimming if you see a red flag. If you can't think of any rules, make something up that seems plausible. There are no right or wrong answers here. Okay, so I'm going to say a place. You have 30 seconds to write rules that govern your behaviour in that space. Ready? The first one is a swimming pool. What can you do and what can't you do in a swimming pool? Okay, the next one is the cinema. The rules in a cinema. 
All right, the next one is driving a car. Quite a few rules for driving a car, I guess. All right, the next one is in an airport. What rules are there in an airport? Now the next one is on an escalator. Rules on an escalator. Now, in the supermarket, what rules are there in a supermarket? And finally, walking along the street. What do you have to do? What can you do? What can't you do whilst walking along a street? And welcome back. I hope you have a good list of rules. Did some come more easily than others? I think your rules might look different to mine, might look different to everybody else who's listening. When we talk about a cinema, for example, I'm thinking about the cinemas I've been to, and you're probably thinking about the cinemas you've been to in your lifetime. Where I grew up in the UK in the 90s, you normally couldn't drink alcohol in a cinema, but where I live now in the Netherlands, you can and films normally start with the sound of beer bottles bopping open. So, in your list, are there rules that came out really clearly? When I was growing up, there were the same posters in every swimming pool in the area I lived in, saying, no petting, no dunking, no diving, and so on. They are completely etched in my mind, alongside the really horrible illustrations that they had on every poster. But when I think about rules on a street, or rules in a supermarket, they're generally more vague. They're more implied than they are written. They're also very culturally specific. 
the rules for walking on a street change significantly according to where the street is. I also included the escalator in that list because there are different rules for escalators everywhere you go. Where I spent my formative years in London, everyone stands on the right when they get an escalator and people always walk up the left-hand side if they want to get somewhere faster. If you're on an escalator and you're standing on the left, people will get really angry in a very British way and stand behind you impatiently and tut, hoping that you sense their annoyance and move out of the way. And somehow I have internalised this. I now carry this idea with me everywhere I go. Whenever I get on an escalator anywhere, I automatically stand on the right. And when I look around, I'm surprised that people aren't just standing on the right-hand side. It still takes me a moment to recalibrate every time and realise that the rules that I'm following don't apply here. Nobody else is following the same rules as me. So let's take a look at that list again. Are there any rules which jump out as being particularly clear? Are there rules that are very, very culturally specific to a place that you know or a place that you've been? Is there something that is in the way that you've written them or that's in the thing that they're referring to that gives them a certain amount of clarity or vagueness. In all of these instances, who is making these rules? For instance, going back to the cinema, I guess an unwritten rule would be that you don't open loud suites during the really quiet parts of the film. That's a social rule that people generally follow, but the rules about entering if you have a ticket are probably written by the cinema owners, the explicit rules. So, who do these rules serve? Are there patterns you can see looking at the way that you've written your rules which tell you something about yourself and your own adherence to or lack of adherence to these rules? How do these rules make you feel? Some people will nearly always try to break the rules if they're made explicit. They'll take photos of the sign that says no photos. They'll take a shortcut across the grass just because the sign says do not walk on the grass. Other people feel like they've need to stick to the rules rigidly and that they're there for a reason to be followed. These are factors which are going to change the way that you follow this course over the coming weeks. You're going to be setting your own rules and instructions to follow and how you interpret your own instructions will change how your work comes out. You can try any approach you like. Let's see which one works for you. I hope that in eight weeks' time you'll be able to set constraints that help you produce work effectively. But I also hope that you'll be more aware of the way that you have internalised rules that exist around you for your whole life. Now I have one more task for you. This one's a bit different, so please have your camera or your camera phone to hand and get ready to use it to shoot some video. I'm going to impose one rule on you here, which I hope you can follow for the rest of this course. Whenever you use your camera, I'd like you just to shoot in landscape mode. That means holding the camera so the long side runs horizontally and the short side runs vertically. It's generally the opposite way to the way that we hold phones when we use them, so that's why I'm specifically saying about it. I'm asking that only so that if we end up combining your work with other people's work from this course, there isn't suddenly a format change. But besides that landscape mode rule, what and how you choose to use the camera is completely up to you. So. The next task. You're going to have one minute to shoot a video. The video itself only needs to be a few seconds long, but you're going to have one minute to get your camera out, set your shot up and shoot whatever you need to shoot. Before that, 
you need to decide what you are going to shoot. You're going to create a little rule for yourself to follow, and you're going to follow that rule every single day for the rest of this course. The big restriction I'm going to impose is that you're only going to be allowed one minute to set up and shoot the entire shot each time. That way, it's not a big imposition in your life, you can just make it part of your routine. At the end of the course, you're going to find a way to combine these videos into one body of work. One little video every single day becomes a big body of work by the end of the course. You're going to have more than 50 of these videos to work with to edit into something. So this is where you start making your own rules. If you look at the scripted design website, you'll find a few examples of the rules that people followed in 2019 and how their final compositions turned out in the exhibition page. Some of the rules people chose in 2019 were, I'm going to film myself brushing my teeth every day. Every day, I will throw an object on the ground and film it. I am going to film myself entering a new doorway every day. You could also choose a rule that's about a subject. For example, I am going to film a person on a bicycle every day. I am going to film myself washing up every day. I am going to film my feet as I walk to work. I am going to film making coffee. I am going to film hammering a nail into a piece of wood or I'm going to film peeling an orange. I'm going to depict a hand interfacing with a mechanism. Or you could choose a rule about composition, such as I'm going to film an object moving from left to right. I'm going to film something moving in circles. I'm going to frame a vertical object in the left third of the viewfinder every single day. I'm going to film escalators or I'm going to take an unbroken shot of the back of someone's head for five seconds. Or you could give yourself some even more precise instructions. For example, I'm going to set an alarm for 11.53am every single day, and at that time I'm going to stand up no matter where I am with my camera, and I'm going to film myself slowly turning around 360 degrees with my camera at an arm's length. Or you could say something like, I'm going to pick up my phone as soon as I wake up, I'm going to go to my window and I'm just going to film whatever I find interesting at that moment. Or you could say, I'm going to walk outside and film any planes I see in the sky. Or maybe you want to do something that you have to do yourself, like I'm going to film myself screwing up an A4 piece of paper. Whatever you do, aim for some level of consistency. But go wild with what the thing is. Remember that you'll be doing this every day for over 50 days, so there's got to be enough that keeps you inspired. If you are stuck for inspiration here, please look through the films from last year on the Scripted Design website. Uh, if you go to 2019 and the exhibition, it's there. If you're completely new to video making, if you are transitioning from being a still photographer, if you want to just think about how composition works in existing films... There is a great video essay series on YouTube called Every Frame a Painting that I will link to in the show notes and on the website page for this episode. And it contains all sorts of really interesting observations about cinematography in current films that you might find inspiring. I can't recommend that video series enough. So that's going to be it for today. It would be really good if you could leave a voice message for this show with your instruction to let me know what rule you're going to be following. It only takes a minute, it's really easy, you don't need a special app or anything like that, but it would be great to share with everyone who's listening what rules you're going to be using to make your films. 
it's really interesting at this stage to see what different ideas people have and to hear everybody's perspective. There's a link to the voicemail at the bottom of these show notes in every episode. It's super simple. It takes a minute. You just have to hit the leave me a voice message button and it will go straight to the website and you don't have to install an app or anything like that. Um, It would be really great to hear what ideas you've come up with. And it would also be good if you have any thoughts connected to the show. Um, Please drop me a line. I'd love to hear feedback about this kind of stuff. So that's it for me today. Good luck making your rules and your first film, and I will be back tomorrow with more exercises. See you then.